Welcome citizens, you're listening to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. Here, thinkers and doers always have a key to the city. The mayor is in, so office hours start now. New Amsterdam Radio starts now. What's up? Global Boys here about to put you on to my interview with Trayvon Burke. Before I do that, I just want to say thank you so much for getting up the podcast. This and all the early episodes of New Amsterdam Radio are available wherever you get your podcast. NewAmsterdam.com. That's K N A W Amsterdam.com. Over at social media at New Amsterdam on Instagram and at New underscore Amsterdam on that Twitter. Trayvon Burke is someone that had an idea. Uh, about how to help people. And I realized that a lot of times creatives uh, are trying to help people, whether it is a functional thing, like safe wave technologies, which we'll get to with our chat, or maybe something as simple as making people feel good or alleviating the pain and suffering from others. So it's really cool to sit down with an entrepreneur with a very cool idea about that. In the meantime, I always want to hear what you're working on. If you are working on a project, you want me to check you out, make sure you tag me personally personally on the social medias. I'm at Boys on Twitter, at Flobito on Instagram, and over at YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash Boys. Just tag me or, or give me one of those pokes or nudges or whatever the kids call you to see what your project is. I would love to give you my feedback, my overall impressions, and maybe have you on the show, <laughs> you know? Well, without any further ado, my chat with Trayvon. Wait, oh, wait, wait, wait. I have one more ado. <laughs> I, can't, I can't, I can't go on without saying this. Seven seasons in, I thank you. I understand you have a lot of podcasts on your podcasting diet, but you make time for New Amsterdam Radio. Thanks, and let's get on with the show. Welcome back to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creative thinkers and doers. It is I, the mayor, football boys in the mayor's office with someone who took an idea and is running with it. Safeway technology is, excuse me, Safeway technology is a way that is revolutionary in its own right. When we have the CEO here to discuss it, please welcome Trayvon Brook, man. Thank you so much for being on the show here. Of course, man. I appreciate you having me, man. It's always a pleasure to get on and do stuff like this, brother. Oh, man, I can't believe it. The CEO life, the entrepreneurial life, before we even get into the product and services, how's that feel? What does that mean to you when someone goes, hey, you're a CEO? Um, really, man, I don't really look at the title as much. I know it's kind of like people feel like it's fancy because it's this pretty title, but uh, I more so look at the responsibility behind it. I think that everybody's a CEO in their own way, in their own life. So really, the title's not much, man, but it does feel good seeing something that, you know, you you took leadership with, built, and um, you're able to, to enjoy it and share it with everybody else. So that's the best part of it, I think. That's what I'm talking about. So let's talk about a safe wave technology. It has an interesting origin story. I was actually researching this the other day about a solution for deaf and hard of hearing people. Uh, I mean, I know you probably told the story a billion times, but there's one more time. How did it come about? What was the story behind it? I'm for sure, man. So um, one day what I was doing is I was sleeping at home and I heard a fire alarm go off. Fire alarm woke me up. I'm sure everybody's had an experience like that. And, um, of course, went downstairs, checked my surroundings, everything like that. There was no threat right away, so I kind of got frustrated. And I was like, man, you know, it's woke me up out of the well-needed rest. And uh, <laughs> from, there, man, from there, man, basically, um, you know, I kind of humbled myself, became grateful because, you know, it could have went the other way, right, where I couldn't have heard it and it could have been something serious. 
So that kind of made me step back, um, you know, look into it a little bit and realize like, man, there's people who are deaf in this world. There's people who are hard of hearing. What type of, what type of solutions are out there? So um, we researched a little bit. I reached out to one of my co-founders, Jarrett, and asked him, I said, man, um, go research this for me. See if you could find some type of solution um, for the deaf and hard of hearing that will notify them if a fire went up in their house or somebody broke in or something like that. After a week of research, came back, found nothing. So fast forward a little bit to 2019, um, we went to a local university here in Northern Kentucky called Northern Kentucky University. Um, once we took it to them, they said the same thing. Man, this sounds very generic. Um, you yeah. know, you're just creating a vibration-based solution in the form of a wristband that'll notify people and wake them up. It sounds super generic. Uh, yeah. They ended up looking it up themselves. When they looked it up themselves, they found nothing. Um, so from there, they sent us to the number two pitch competition in the country down in Texas. Uh, we competed down there, came back. And um, I guess you can say from there, the business model really became structured and, and that's really when we started. So it all started off of really just being awakened in the morning. Um, yeah like annoyed a little bit but from there man it just yeah the vision was created and we went i love the story but there has to be a moment there when something happens if you go someone's to do something la da da da, da. <laughs> but, but you act as it no someone should do something and it's going to be me yeah. what made you go no this is a solution this is a problem that i may have a solution for um i think really what it was is when we thought like man this is so simple yet it's not being implemented so whenever we were telling people about this product you know people would look at it more so and they would feel like something's out there so if we're describing something that we feel should already naturally be out there we feel like we just discovered something that is natural it should be out there already but on top yeah. of that i think while you know talking to some potential customers and you know other founders um we bumped into a very unique individual down in texas while we were at this competition i was talking about um mm -hmm. his name was cameron ross um, and he was actually deaf himself. Um, so we talked to Cameron Ross, who's deaf founder, and we asked him, like, man, you know, what happens if somebody breaks in or a fire alarm goes off in your home? And he kind of joked and he said, no, we die. And I was like, no, really, man, like, we're creating a device that could really help in a situation like this. Um, yeah. You know, what, what, what do you do? And he looked at us and got serious and said, no, really, we die. So I think at that purpose, I mean, at that point, that's really when we found our purpose. And um, we really we really realized that, you know, hey, we, we might have just cracked the code and really created something that can help you know a, a large demographic of people so walk me through this the band is a standalone product is it part of an app is it a special kind of watch for someone who hasn't seen the product live what is it yeah so um almost think of an apple watch um not the apple watch itself not the face but think of the band so mm -hmm. you got this rubber band um and we place three motors in the bottom of it that align to the wrist so what it does is essentially just vibrate um yeah. so the wristband think of it like that it's standalone so the vibration motors in the wristband the chip itself is in the wristband the battery to recharge it is in the wristband um you don't need no apple watch face anything like that it's all the technology is in the band so this band then connects to a mobile app and the mobile app almost is kind of like a central hub that connects to security systems so yeah. if you have adt simply safe ring any type of smart communication uh, type of security system um smart alarms whatever it may be um what our app does is it connects so our app will connect to the band and the app would also connect to the security system so it's almost mm -hmm. like a line that's being communicated back and forth uh the security system will shoot a notification to the app the app shoots it to the band and and vice versa that type of thing so and, and it's supposed to be worn all day or is it kind of like when you go to sleep like how is it supposed um, to be this use case it just depends on i think the you know the purpose of being used so for example um 
you know, the deaf and hard of hearing community, the deaf plus community, what they would do is they would wear this, you know, and I, honestly, any situation they're at home if they wanted to, um, because it's going to connect to any sensors that you have on windows or doors or your security system um, or your fire alarm, whatever it may be. Whereas you also have security systems like the outlet, which is targeting for those, you know, mothers and fathers that are new parents um, and they have babies. And, you know, sometimes individuals who bring their baby home from like a NICU department or something like that. So they have cameras and they have a sock that you could put on the baby to monitor the heartbeat. So in this case, it would be for parents that they would throw the wristband on and now they're not waiting on their phone to notify them um, if their baby's heartbeat drops a little bit, right? So if you have your phone right. sitting on the nightstand and the baby heartbeat drops, you're now hoping that you can either hear the alert or see the phone light up while you're sleeping or even resting. So what we did is we almost took that peace of mind a little bit further by implementing the feel, the touch on the wrist itself in a sensitive area um, to be notified instead of relying on that on that sound and that vision. Let's take a step back then. So you, you got the idea, you have the research, you have the, the prototype, it's working well. Now it's that path to launch. I mean, what was launch like for this? And and what's the thing you've been, the biggest challenge you've come across in launching a Safeway? Yeah, um, I think the biggest challenge um, at first was, um, I don't want to say the area is a restraint, but sometimes, um, you know, me being in the, in the Midwest, working on a tech, uh, on top of tech being wearable, um, mm -hmm. I think sometimes the market around here, it's hard to find the exact talent that was needed. But I was fortunate enough, blessed to have, you know, I think the best team in the world right now. So um, I think we over we overcame that challenge. But another big challenge that we sometimes face was just the capital, the capital side of things. Um, so everything was bootstrapped. So for three or four years straight, it was just me and my co-founders just dumping our own personal money in this. Um, yeah. We straight up quit jobs, went straight full time on this and make it happen. So a lot of it really was, um, you know, just overcoming. I think it was the courage to jump off the porch with the idea and run with it. That was one of the biggest obstacles, but um, I think it ended up, you know, one of the biggest obstacles became one of the biggest um, successes for us. Because um, once that jump was made, it, it helped us push forward. So, so is this a startup life like the movies? Or did they get that wrong? Like, what's the thing they get right? What's the thing they get wrong? Is it like Silicon Valley? Is it like betas? <laughs> Man, it's, um, it's, it's, the movies make it a lot more prettier than I think what it is. It looks, it looks stressful on the, on the films, man, but um, yeah. I, I think it's like, it's just, man, I think it, it's something inside of a founder, I think, really. It's not even, and that's why I said, I think everybody's their own CEO. I think everybody's a CEO of what they do because it's like, it's a schedule like anything else. So people wake up and they go to work and they know they're at work for this amount of time. The CEO role is really the same thing, man. It's like, you got to wake up. You have to go to calls at certain times and you have to do this at certain times. I think the only difference is that like, if I don't show up to the meeting, it really does like detrimentally impact our business. Whereas, right. you know, some, some other people, you know, you can miss a job here or there and some shit. So, um, I think it definitely is like the high fashion of it, but it's not, it's, it's a lot more work to even get to that point. Like it's, it's a lot of work, a lot of work, oh. but I think anybody can do it. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of work. I feel like crying at the time, but anyone can do it. <laughs> Well, I mean, look, man, it's, 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 do you worry though about having an innovative idea where there are just giant companies that can just go and say, we have our own super safe wave? Like, like how does that work? Yeah, man. So, um, we, I'm gonna tell you a story real quick, a quick story. Um, when I went to Eastern Kentucky University, so I ended up going to EKU back in like 20, what was it, 2013 or 2018? And we brought them, the first idea, first tech idea I ever brought them was a mobile app. 
And we went in front of these directors, we presented our mobile app, and it was this all-in-one campus app, and oh, it was the big next thing, right? Well, they ended up taking our concept, pieces of our concept, not our entire concept, but pieces, and they ended up hiring Google to do what we presented to them. Wow. So we felt like a slap in the face of like, man, but at the same time, now looking back, it's almost like that was a learning curve for us. We learned. Um, so now we're at the point where I don't feel scared that anybody will steal just because we set up, you know, these patents are in place, these trademarks are in place. And now we put the legality behind it in place. Um, and we also save certain information. Uh, we don't yeah, put a lot yeah, of, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of private information we don't put out. So um, at times we get, we, we, we were a little scared in the very beginning, but now we have enough to where we feel, we feel very protected. And um, really, I think the way that we're projecting the growth is we don't think we'll get, we don't think our idea will get stolen. Um, we think that we can scale and we can grow to the point that either we get a major partnership or get acquired. So that, that's sure. just the vision that we keep. And that's just how we try to think about it. Um, if somebody comes in and they try to try to compete, then, then so be it. But I mean, we can't stop it. They're going to make it happen yeah. no matter what. So absolutely, we're, we're going to get around it. Yep. Uh, I think now we live in a, a culture as like they call like the the read the label culture, right? We don't just buy products to consume. We want to know the story and team behind it. What is your team like? What's team culture like? What's the vibe at your company? Can you tell us anything about that? Yeah, yeah man. Um, my team, man. We're just it's a, it's a team full of hustlers at the end of the day. Um, mm -hmm. You know, me, me, myself. I come from a family, you know, single mother, been the man of the house since the age of twelve. Um, just always, always been a culture manager, just getting it out and getting it out of the mud. That's what we say. We get it out of the mud. That's, that's how it is. Um, yeah. so, so, you know, minority based company, a minority founder, um, my first co-founder that came in, um, when I made that campus app, I was just speaking about, um, he took $2,000 with me and we drove up to New York city, found a development team and we paid a developer to make an MVP. Um, so that was my first founder. <clears throat> my second founder is a veteran, old, uh, black Hawk mechanic. It's the oldest guy on our team. Um, he's in his thirties. I don't know if he's, I think he's early, early thirties, but he's in his thirties. I know that. <laughs> um, oh, wow. Grandpa, he's in his 30s, right? <laughs> um, so, uh, our, our fourth guy that we brought on, um, is Baldwin, man. Um, our developer, he went to the university of Kentucky. He just graduated in December, but, um, he's one of the, he's one of the, I've never met a kid like this. Like, like, it's just insane because we brought on this project in June. Um, before he graduated college in December of uh, 2021, um, we brought him this project in June, man. And when I tell you he built out the app, we had app sketched down on paper and he built this thing out in probably, I think it was like two weeks, three weeks tops, just yeah. killed it. And um, he's just all around hustler, man. I've never seen an app developer move the way he moves. Um, and then Eric, of course, that's who, that's who you're talking to, Eric, man. Um, we added Eric on probably two months ago and he's yeah. just been taking us so many places like he has his traveling to new york to atlanta and now i feel like the ceo right i feel like a superstar right. but it's because of people like eric though without eric i wouldn't be able to you know move the way that we move um and then recently um we just brought another another uh, lady on reagan um that um we're still we're still getting her role you know hammered down but she's going to be a crazy crazy um piece for us she's bringing in everything from employees operations and all this good stuff but the culture that we're really building man is um we're really trying to build a, a company that is um, not really have a headquarters. We want everything to be virtual. We want everybody mm -hmm. to be able to work from home. But um, we're really driven behind the fact of, um, you know, we want our employees to realize that, you know, family's first and, and work second. So we have a big thing at our company. We pride ourselves on family. A lot of my co-founders have wives and kids. Um, 
their needs come before any need in this company right now. Um, yeah. Even in the future, though, when we're growing, right, um, they get their stuff done. But that's one thing that I want to build, man, is just a, a company that, that, you know, puts puts our workers first. And not just saying that, but really on the on the spectrum of just like, you know, we're, we're, we're at meetings and you got kids running into the background. It's like the team's just, yeah. it's happy. It feels good. It's just, I like knowing that my team feels comfortable working from home and working around their family and there's no restraint or nothing that's too uptight. Um, right. So I'm glad that we're young and we're able to build a culture and, and do that. So, yeah, I've always heard from from CEOs with product based business, even service businesses, like the employees one through ten really are special for their own separate way. I don't want to use the word family because you know, but it does have that kind of familial aspect to it, which is pretty dope. Uh, what's been the, some of the feedback you've been hearing with the launch of Safeway? You're now in almost a post beta. Are, are you in launching period? Like, where is the product in, and what are people saying about it? Yeah, so um, man, it's been a lot of a lot of good feedback. Um, we've also had, I think, a lot of the negative feedback might have been more so is okay. Well, how are you going to compete with Apple and these tech giants and all this stuff? Which you know, to me, once again, I don't look at the I don't look at it as a negative because it's like you know we're just this small company that came from Covington. You're comparing us to this super giant, like yeah, you just skipped you. a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you. Super giant. Um, but um, really, man, um. The, 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 the feedback has been insane because it's, you know, while we talk to the deaf plus community, they're telling us about other communities that could benefit from it and how they can benefit from it. Because one thing you got to understand about the community that we're approaching is that they're, they're overlooked and underserved. So when you're overlooked and underserved, you kind of resonate and you understand the problems that other communities that are overlooked and underserved experience. So I think it's been super great that, you know, us coming in and almost becoming a solution for and overlooked and underserved community, it's really helping us because they're introducing us to other people and they're introducing us to other you know, demographics that can also benefit from what we're creating. So um, it, it's just, once again, it's just the whole, it, it's, it's an exclusive product, but it's inclusive because, you know, everybody that's ever been underserved and overlooked, is just, it's something to get behind. It's something to, to put on to feel like you're included in it. And it's a product yeah. made for you. So um, yeah, man, the feedback's been, it's been really good from the community. Um, and then also you're always going to have the, the negative aspects of just what if something comes along and but we're prepared for it so we'll get there right i got you well i don't want to put you on the spot but the company isn't called safe bands it's called safe wave so i gotta I assume there's some roadmap for future products and services if i want to put you on the spot if you're not ready for it but what does the roadmap look like six months 12 months 18 months from now yeah man um no so really so we got the product launch coming up in june um, but right now when we roll out, we're really focused on the deaf plus community. We're also really focused on expecting parents with the outlet and stuff like that. But, you know, down the line, I was actually just yesterday, I was really creating the gen two and gen three because we got a couple other products that want to come out. Um, but we really think we can get into a bunch of other, a bunch of other demographics with a bunch of new features. Um, I'm trying to think how to word these features without giving away too much. Um, yeah, yeah. so um, we, we implemented some things that's going to be able to help. Because um, like I said, we've been focused on the Deaf Plus community. So when we launch out the Deaf Plus community, they're going to have all these, these all the glam and all the pretty products and the, you know, all this stuff. But um, eventually we got another another band that we're going to release with our first one that's that's a smaller, cheaper band. Um, but then we'll also have a couple luxury bands that are going to be a little bit bigger, more powerful. Um, we got a couple colors in the works right now. Um, but really the roadmap, man, hopefully we can get a couple partnerships. We, we want to eventually, if possible, down the line, 
see if we can get insurance to cover products like this, just because we feel like it's an accessory to help with, you know, everyday life to life function. It can help humanity. So um, really, hopefully, you know, six to 18 months, we got some big partnerships going um, with some hospitals and we could really work towards getting uh, this thing covered by insurance um, so, so that people that need it. Yeah, I just want to jump in there because a lot of times in the old school way of marketing, you always say start off with black, like the Model T, and then whatever. But the fact you're coming out with that identity part to the product is super smart because I know if I was going to partake, I want to be able to be my individual self, not wear a thing. You know what I mean? Exactly, one hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, so besides that, man, you got you got the thing going on to you as a person, as a CEO, as an owner, as a friend, as a member of the community. What gets you going? Are you a five o'clock in the morning jog person? Are you work three o'clock in the morning and get up at noon? Like, what is like the, the human aspect? Of um, man, that's a good question. I, I think it's really just I. I <laughs> I let my body kind of determine. Um, so like, I think this morning I woke, I had a late morning this morning. I woke up this morning at like 10 a.m. Yeah. Um, I felt sick last night at like 2 a.m. Now I got like eight hours sleep, which is very, very uncommon, but it's good though. Um, yeah. Usually man, um, usually my morning is more so. I usually start around, I would say natural alarm clock is around the 6 a.m. mark. I wake up, um, sit in bed for a little bit, check calendar, stuff like that. And then um, after that it's awesome. But, but there's times too where I could fall asleep at two, three o'clock in the morning and wake up once again at five or six with an idea and run to the laptop and start working. So it's just, it's weird, man. It's like your brain just like will turn on at random points with an idea and like, okay, I have to do this out real quick. So um, it's just weird. It's weird. There's no really set schedule. It's just whatever, um, whatever I'm thinking, whatever I'm in the mood to make it happen, we're going to make it happen. So I ask everyone on the show this one, but what does a day off look like? Do you have those? I'm getting, I'm getting better with those. I'm getting really, I'm getting so much better with those, man. Um, yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, Because I don't think people realize, like, um, an off day for anybody, whether it's you, whether it's me, anybody that's trying to do their own thing, an off day is, is it's still shooting emails out. It's still, whenever you have your phone on you, you're working whether you know it or not. So right. I can be on Instagram, but I'm not on Instagram using it as a, a I'm using this as a tool to connect. So it's like, even though I'm not working, my brain is always wired to connect with people that can help me move to the next level. So even when I'm not working, I can walk into Starbucks on an off day and bump into somebody, have a conversation and turn it into how it can help Safeway move forward, right? So yeah. it's just, it's almost integrating it into just your routine, your daily habits and just autopilot to where it's just, there's not a such thing as an off day, but um, like I said, I'm getting better. So sometimes I will, um, I'll get text messages from the team and we'll, we'll talk and they'll try to get on the call and I might jump on for five or 10 minutes, try to make it fast, but there's not really no off days, but I'm getting better at it, man. I think everybody should have an off day just to, just for mental health. So I'm a big yeah. advocate for mental health too. And I think that, um, you know, off days are very, it's a necessity for, for mental health to help burn out. So. I'm listening to you, Trayvon. Uh, apparently, not not old and thirty like me, but just young and doing it. Uh, do you got any advice, man, for someone who's that's contemplating jumping off with their own idea, their own spark, their own creative art project on the horizon? Um, I would say do it and talk about it and be confident in it. Um, the reason being is because you'll notice that whenever you put your idea out there. So, like when we first started our idea, we started as a full scale security company. We were going to do cameras. We were going to do glass break sensor we were going to do sensors on door sensors on all this and it was through collaboration it was through conversation it was through learning it was through trial and error 
that brought us to realize like, man, you don't have to reinvent the entire wheel. You can just add your one little unique piece on it and it can make just as much of an impact. So like, I don't have to go produce all this stuff because Ring Simply Safe and all these other people do it. We're not trying to match that market. We're just trying to make it easier for people. So I think that what a lot of people need to do is people have very, very good ideas. Um, they just don't, they don't talk about their ideas enough. So I think that people, if you've got an idea, you have to, you have to talk about it, but you have to be consistent with it too. You have to lock in on it. And it, it's really consistency. It's consistency at the end of the day. It's, it's just, that's with anything though. It's consistency. Just, just do it though. You have to do it. And yeah, yeah. Cause if you just think about an idea, it's going to always sound good until you really get into the mix of it. And then when you really get in the mix of it, that's when you realize like, okay, this idea is very good or this idea we need to trash it. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. it's, but but it's not until you do it. I think that everybody at least needs to try it once. At least try it once. At least. Trayvon Brooke Champ fighting out of Northern Kentucky, Safe Wave Technology. If someone listening to this right now, they want to connect with you or learn more about the bands, how they go about doing that, good sir. Yeah, so um, you can learn more about just SafeWave itself at www.safewavetech.com. Um, my name is Trayvon Brooke, which I, my handle is just my just my name. Um, is the name going to be shown on there? Because, I man, yeah. my name is – okay, good. Because I was going to say that I, there's no way that they're going <laughs> to – I'll put in the show notes. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, don't. Yeah, but but my name is just my handle on there, man. But um, I'm open to anybody that's, that's just any type of conversation, whether it's innovation conversation or any type of business owners that – you know, just want to talk, man. I'm I'm down for all that. I think it's any type of collaboration is good. But uh, yeah, man. And I told you I was gonna have a question for you, man. And I don't even want to oh, put wow. you on the spot, but but Yo, you do it, do it. I told you, but, yeah, right. man. So what 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 made you kind of jump off the porch and want to go and um do what you're doing? Like oh wow, uh, made you want to do well, this. The podcasting itself was definitely uh, the pandemic, right? Because I did stand up, and and I, people who listen to the show hear the story a bunch of times. But I've been told I was not essential. And so the first 40 episodes of the show was me asking other creatives, are you essential? What makes you essential? And it kind of grew from there. But as far as like the self-employed entrepreneurship route, I had a day job where I sold hand sanitizer door to door. This is before the pandemic, so no one cared. Um, and I said, this wasn't the way. Like hand sanitizer is totally utilitarian. Either you like Purell or whatever's cheapest. There's no one that has, no, there's no one is like, I'm a Germix guy, but I was my job to go, hey, look, try something else. And so I go, I don't want to do this. I want to be in charge of things that are unique. I get to be myself. I get to wear a t-shirt if I want to. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I just made it find a way. A lot of ways, not to speak for you, but I feel like a lot of ways entrepreneurs are kind of like pirates, man. You get a boat. You go out in the water and we're like, well, let's go find land. <laughs> and there's some rough yeah. seas, but we just do it, you know? Yeah. No, 100%, man. That's, yeah, 100%. So are you glad? So my next question then follow up with that and then I'll let it be. Uh, no, are, you cool, glad, are, are you glad? Are you glad? Do you think the pandemic helped with your creative side of what you're doing? Or do you think, do you basically, do you think it was a necessity to get you to where you are? It, it's a hard question to answer because of, I mean, people did die, right? But it, I always say, like, it reminds me, I'm into Formula One, but when I was in college, I went to college in the South, NASCAR was big. I lived about 40 miles from Daytona. It was kind of like a safety lap, right? And some cars lose ground and some cars gain ground. And I was fortunate enough to gain ground because I thought about having my own network of entertainment, but that was like a pipe dream until I was in my room going, what am I doing? I host seven podcasts now. One of my shows are on Spotify. Like it is built because of that. I had the time at home. So it's been... 
I get to go to bed the good tired. Like I'm exhausted, but it's not work because it's like, hey, man, I, I did something compared to me calling up a hospital saying, I know you heard of Gojo, but do you have our <laughs> sanitizer? That was the bad tired. That was what am I doing for this check tired? And that sucked. <laughs> See, that's the that's the best thing of it, man. So you you even answered one of the last questions, man, that, that you gave me. It's just even when you're not working, man, even when you're off, you, you you're working because it feels good. It doesn't feel like working. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Oh, question. If you had a chance to go to a concert this year, who would you go to? Oh, man. If I had a chance to go to a concert this year, who would Anyone? I go to? Oh, front row. Man. Backstage. Front, front row, backstage, man. Um, I would say Kanye West. Okay, I'm all right. Kanye, man. Hey, I would say Kanye. Hey, tortured artist, man. He's the Picasso of our time, whether you like him or not. Hey, there you go. There you go, man. <laughs> brilliant, man. Brilliant, man. Oh man, Trevor, thanks so much for being on the show, man. I want you back when the launch rolls out because this is going to be a good thing. It's going to be a game changer for a lot of people here. Awesome, man. I appreciate your time, brother. I appreciate the time. We'll talk soon. Hey, before you go, just want to say my book, Graduation Day Life Lessons from the Real World is now available on Amazon. You know, the concept of the book comes from when I graduated college and I wasn't impressed about my commencement speaker and what he had to say. And I said, I had some life experiences. Let me go back in time to a proverbial time machine and tell younger me things I learned as an adult. I share stories about the time where I almost died riding a motorcycle or the time where I had no money but decided to do a wedding in Italy, DJ a wedding in Italy, to save my business, and much, much more. Graduation Day, Life Lessons from the Real World is available on Amazon. Just look for me at Flobo Voice. Thanks so much for listening to New Amsterdam Radio. Learn more about the show at newamsterdam.com. That's K-N-E-W Amsterdam.com. Until next time, this city is yours.